Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Hotel Transylvania Transformania. <laughs> oh, great title. Directed by Derek Dramon and Jennifer Kluska, Hotel Transylvania Transformania is the computer animated adventure comedy film produced by Sony Pictures Animation and released by Amazon Studios. The movie is out now on Amazon Prime, but if you haven't watched Hotel Transylvania Transformania yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. This is the fourth and final installment in the Hotel Transylvania franchise and the sequel to Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation, which came out in 2018. Luke, you have the plot. When Van Helsing's mysterious invention, the monstification ray goes haywire, Drac, now voiced by Brian Hall, no doubt we'll talk about that later, and his monster pals are all transformed into humans. And Johnny, once again voiced by Andy Samberg, becomes a monster. Drac, stripped of his powers, must team up with monster Johnny and race across the globe to find a cure. With help from Mavis, voiced by Selena Gomez, and the now human Drac Pack, the heat is on to find a way to switch themselves back before their transformations become permanent. We've never we've never reviewed a Hotel Transylvania movie, have we? Never. I think we never have. <laughs> I think we've discussed them briefly, you know, when talking Adam Sandler films, uh, you know, the collective team. <laughs> You know who I'm talking about. Kevin James, you know. Which funny David enough, Spade. Two pe- well, before David Spade, the two people you mentioned already are not in this film. But yes, Hotel Transylvania we'll we'll very much felt like Happy Madison. And I've got to be honest, like, I mean, you know, I have on either Blu-ray or DVD Adam Sandler's back catalogue. And with that, I've got a lot of the Happy Madison productions. So I'm talking Spade movies, Rob Schneider, Hotel Transylvania. I don't own any of them, but I've always thought I need to add them, even though they're not technically Happy Madison, although the first two are executive produced by Adam Sandler. I've always felt as though they belong in my collection. Mm. It's just, it's, it's it's that thing. It's, it's the Happy Madison guys. Like, it's all the... Adam Sandler and his mates, they're, they're all there. But look, the, the the series, like, I had to go back and watch the third one because I hadn't, hadn't done that yet. So I had to watch that before in this one. And i got to say, like, the first two movies I quite enjoyed. The third was okay, but I was like, okay, we're, we're sort of, eh, bit, a bit of a step backwards. Um so I didn't really know where we were going to land with the fourth one. And I was hoping to be pleasantly surprised. Um, but in terms of the franchise, like, you know, it's, it's more of a goofy sort of animated thing. You know, there's a, there's a few moments of heartfelt tenderness and, you know, some great messages and all that kind of stuff. But really it is a, a very cartoony, goofy um, animated franchise, which is not a bad thing. As a franchise, you know, take Adam Sandler and his mates out of it. It's a good series of films. 
those first two movies do hold up and are clearly are the best of the four. The third one, there's things to like, and these are movies that I've watched with my kids and we've all found something to enjoy about them. The fourth one, though, it does feel disconnected, even though it's a lot of the same voice cast. You've got Van Helsing. See, you've got that connection to the third movie. And the first three were theatrical. And there's reasons why this ended up going to streaming. But even if you take that out of it, I don't know if it's because there's something about it where it, the quality, like it doesn't quite look as good as those other ones. It still looks good. It is still, you know, a well put together movie. And I, I thought it was interesting that the very end of the film, it changes to 2D. And I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's on Netflix. There's a Hotel Transylvania TV series, which is 2D. And you've said it. This is intended to be the last of this of these films. So it almost feels like they're nudging you towards the 2D series on the back <laughs> of this. Yeah, but like- if you wait, if you wait until the very end credits, though, it's not quite a post-credit scene, but you see butt cheeks, <laughs> which goes back to 3D <laughs> animation, which I thought ruined the cut to 2D. But anyway. Oddly enough, obviously we're jumping straight to the end of it. It's like, you know, we've we've got the it's almost like, oh, the castle has been like revamped and everything's all changed and different. And it was almost like, I just felt like rather than them showing us that in, you know, the rendered 3D animation, it was, it was like, hey, we'll be creative and just do a 2D sort of wrap up and it'll be part of our end credits. And it's like, oh, okay. And I, mean, I it, like, it I like 2D animation. It was cute. But it- but it's it's almost like though because I mean the hotel it had always belonged to Drac and the whole thing is that he was going to hand it down to Mavis and it's what we're getting as the plot for this film. But he's worried that he's not just giving it to his vampire daughter; he's also giving his hotel to his human son-in-law and a very a very extra kind of human, a very enthusiastic, yes, yeah, yeah, energetic. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I mean, yeah, Andy Samberg absolutely nails that performance. Like, he is a larger than life actor. Anyway, <laughs> he really delivers there. But I think be- without cuts 2D, maybe if they'd have done that a little bit sooner, you know, when Drax says, okay, so it's rebuilt, but not quite the same. And then it went 2D. And then it's almost as if you're seeing Johnny's vision. It just seemed weird to like see the newly rebuilt Hotel Transylvania, same animation style as the whole film, and then after that it cuts to 2D. It was just, I think I would rather it was like, it'd be like, you know, they open the doors and then it just fades to black or bright light or something, credits start playing, and then we see the animation. It was like, it really was, we were still watching the movie. He opens the doors and he steps into the the hotel and we're still watching animated, but it's 2D. And it's like... (laughs) I I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me thinking that. (laughs) It was just a weird way to end. And again, my cynicalness is like, I think they just did this because it was cheaper. But like, you know what? Like, why design the, all this new the, crazy, fantastical the stuff? The 2D, the 2D looks great. 
It really does. Well, and yeah. you know, I've not I've not sat down and watched a full episode. I've seen it as my kids have been watching it. The series is actually pretty good. I mean, you've not got the the voice actors from the movies, but the characters are there. And it's you know, it's pretty decent. I mean, the guy or well, one of the guys that did the 2D animation on the end was David Feist, and he was one of the storyboard art. He was one of the storyboard artists on the film, and he's done like various films with Sony before. So it seems intentional. I don't think it was like a last-minute decision, but maybe that transition could have worked better, like you're saying, if it fades to black and then you get the the closing credits. But you know what? Let's talk about the actual film, <laughs> not just the very last moments of the film. And probably a good place to start. Well, you start talking about the franchise as a whole, and that until this film, the previous three films were directed by Gendy Tartakovsky. He was the guy that did the Samurai Jack. He was the guy that did the Samurai Jack TV series, which I thought was great when that was on all those years ago. I used to watch that show on Cartoon Network. And then he did this. I think he's got a story credit and is a, I think, an executive producer. But this is very much somebody else's film. So the original director's gone. And not only do we lose Adam Sandler, we also use Kevin James. And I've tried numerous times to find out why. And there's no definitive answer. And it's really odd because the majority of the original actors from those first three films are back. We've got Selena Gomez, Andy Samberg, Steve Buscemi, David Spade, Fran Drescher, Molly Shannon. So many people have come back. But of course, no Sandler and no James. They were replaced by... Brian Hall for Drac and Brad Abrell for Frankenstein. I've got to say though, like, okay, we've got this whole there's, there's this mystery about why they're not there. I mean, my my guess is, you know, like uh, Adam Sandler and I, I guess maybe Kevin James as well, although less publicly, um, you know, they've got their Adam Sandler's got his you know Netflix deal that's been extended. It's huge. Uh, maybe that's pulled him away from, I guess, his partnership with with Sony Pictures. That's the simplest. I was going to say that's the closest, it. the closest to an answer that, that I've found. Now, Sandler executive produced one and two, but not three, and three was around the time of the Netflix deal. But keep in mind, although Sandler has the big Netflix deal. Kevin James also has one. Yeah. He's but no, people, his, uh, people aren't season one of a sick they're not, but he does have one. Mm. Season one of his sitcom. You can go back to uh, memoirs of an assassin all those years ago. So he had that race car sitcom that I'm blanking on the name of, but it was cancelled after the one season. They've just released his movie Home Team which is like a PG kid-friendly sports comedy. But they both have deals with Netflix. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's not. But then I was thinking, okay, so I want to go further. And then I found (laughs) from the directors, what they were saying is that, yes, Sandler wasn't going to be in it. But for the most part, 
the version of Drac in this film is going to be human. So therefore, it's okay for him to sound a little bit different than yeah. he did in those previous films. But I've got to say, though, that's a stupid. That's just a thing yeah. to say. Like, <laughs> hey, it's what they've said. But I want to say this though: Brian Hall does a good Adam Sandler. He does. Like, he really he does. does. He sounds. He sounds like Drac, and it's not the first time that he's voiced the character. They put out a short for Hotel Transylvania. I'm sure it was a special feature on one of the Blu-rays. Maybe the third movie, and he voiced Drac there. So this is his second time voicing Drac. Yeah, that's right. Like he, the thing, the thing is, what Adam Sandler was doing with with his Drac voice is, yeah, you know, like a cartoony, goofy kind of kind of voice. It's not like his just straight thing. So it's a lot easier to do an impression. Again, not taking away any of the the talent that Brian Hall has. Um, but it's something that can be duplicated and and we can buy it. Like if you didn't tell me it wasn't him, to be honest, I really wouldn't have thought otherwise, but obviously I'm listing out and, and there are differences you can hear, but it's pretty close. It's pretty. But if you listen to the directors, this is track as a human. Yeah, so those differences are still, bound to be there. It's still Brian Hall when he, when Drax is still Dracula. So it is. It's you a know, lot of made a good point shit. though. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's just, it's just what they said. I'm just relaying what they said. You made a good point that it's not Sandler doing Sandler, it's Sandler doing a voice. Like he's doing a Sandler voice. So they're not doing an impression so much of Adam Sandler as he talks day to day, or he's not, should I say. It's an impression it's of Drac. Drac, yeah. And he does it well. Um, but even like with, um, you know, the new... You know, Brad Averill's Frankenstein. Frankenstein's a monster, it really should be. Um, oh, that's true, yeah, yeah. You know, like... Everybody makes up a mistake. I mean, that one pretty much does... Like, Kevin James is pretty much doing Kevin James. But this... this I mean, guy, yeah, this, yeah. He, it, that's, this one's passable as well. Like I it, know, I know. It's again, like, it's not 100%, it, but, it, like, it's pretty close. It's, you know, you've got, like, the dialects, the, the accent, it's the tone. It's, it's there, like... Man, these voice actors, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they they are, they 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 really are. Remember a time, and I'm going to say before Shrek, and even before no, before Toy Story, they didn't go to famous names. I see, Robin Williams in Aladdin used, was like the first time. That was a big deal when that when that happened. But then he didn't come back for the sequel. They had Homer Simpson in that one, but uh, came back for the third one though. He did, he did, he, he, yeah. They all, they all made up, and he came back. But it's, it's yeah, the norm now. But it didn't used, it, yeah, it's the norm now. But it didn't used to be. And I think just, I don't know. Do we need big name actors in these movies? Can we not just give these roles to working voice actors that get stuck on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and all these other like kid networks? Yes, yes, we can. 100%. But they still they still go for the big names. It's like you can pay for Kevin James, you can pay for Adam Sandler, or you could have somebody who sounds like them. Yeah, it pains me to say that, like, you know, as passionately as I want to be like, oh, you know, like that, they're the voices. It really didn't matter. Watch this is like much muchness. <laughs> is... I mean, I've got to be honest, like Drac, especially, I was always listening. I was always listening yeah. out for it, like just being such a fan of Sandler, 
And then, but you know, again, he, he did a really good job. But let's um, let's sidestep away from that. Like we've done, we've done the the, the change to casting. I mean, what works really well for this movie and move like whether it's you know DreamWorks, Pixar, Sony, it doesn't matter. You could have a high concept like you've got with Hotel Transylvania, but at its core is to have something relatable. And what you've got at the the core of this movie, you've got Johnny, the human, soon-to-be monster. But the reason why he does that is he's desperately wanting to be a part of Dracula's family to impress his father-in-law. It's a really relatable story. So you've got everything's high concept around that idea. And this is the first Hotel Transylvania film that hasn't had... An antagonist. I mean, he ends up, I guess, being Johnny when he transforms to his more monstrous side. But normally there's a foe. Like the last movie, the third one, it was Van Helsing. There's always someone else that they're going up against, whereas this movie felt a bit smaller, but in a good way, though, and it was about that father-in-law's approval. It is funny that it's like this. It's a smaller story, yet it's it's probably got the most adventure to it. You know, globe trotting and all that. The I do like the like the fact that they, you know they they are going back to just like just an intimate sorry, just family dynamics, and that's the issue. And then it becomes this big blown out sort of ridiculous sort of story. I have issue though with. It's not so much an issue. I just thought it, it, it'd been done. Like we're, we're going back to that first movie where it's like Drax, Drac and, and Johnny sort of at odds. And I'm like, I feel like they had, they, you know, won each other's like approval, love. Like they were in a good place. We're four movies in now. And now suddenly it's like, oh, it's an issue again. It's like, okay, I just, for me, I just felt like we've we've been here, we've done this. I know it's a new not, circumstance. Not quite though. Exactly right. New circumstance. It's, like now, it's to do with the hotel directly. Yes. Passing now, on. he's taking on the family business of you know he has married his daughter. They have children, but now he's taking something else from him. So I do buy it as a plot point, and it does work and. And you know what it's like. You never stop wanting that approval, really. I mean, you want to you want to impress. So you do see where Johnny's coming from, and you buy his motivations when he drinks that potion. It's not a potion; he gets zapped. But he does <laughs> what he does to become become a monster. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of fun visual gags and like bits and pieces with like you know the monsters turning into humans and vice versa, and then you know. Tracking Johnny sort of going on their solo mission. And, and it took me a while to really get behind the fact that they went on that journey alone and didn't want to involve anyone else. And then I was like, okay, it's because, you know, like by Drac, like saying stuff to Johnny kind of pushed him towards trying to get that approval. And then, and that's it. So then Drac magic isn't wrong. didn't want to tell Mavis. I yeah, yeah, exactly. It's worried about being found out, but then you get all the fun. And let's talk about that because that's, that's fun in itself. You've then got not just Drac turning human, 
you've got some of the other monsters. You've got Griffin, the Invisible Man, voiced by David Spade. First movie, he makes reference to the fact that he has red hair. In this, we see that he does have red hair, but what all the other characters find out, he's been naked the whole time, <laughs> which I thought was a very a very good gag. And then even at the end, yeah. they make him wear clothes, because it's like, no, because now we know he can't just be walking around naked all the time. Frankenstein's monster He's a hunk and he's got lovely hair and that's his whole thing and his wife's not impressed. But again, might as well as being Kevin James. It sounds <laughs> sounds just like him. Steve Buscemi as Wayne, the werewolf. He got a break from his kids, so that worked out. That's funny. Quite that's well funny for that, him. Yeah, like the, the they they didn't know it was him, so they just kept hassling the mum. Crazy. Good to have all the kids back. <laughs> or like 400 of them, or whatever it is. And Murray, the mummy, voiced by Keegan-Michael Key, who has voiced the character from the second movie onwards. It wasn't the voice of Murray in that very first film. Yeah, I didn't remember him being one of the, the voices from the first film. So, yeah, when I was like doing the prep here, I was like, Keegan-Michael Key, really? Wow. And then I was like, yeah, oh. in, so I looked into it, and in, yeah. Yeah, in the first one, it was... CeeLo Green. I don't know why he didn't come back, but um, it's always nice to have Keegan Michael Key around. So that's uh, that's pretty welcome. But yeah, so that's. I mean, there's some comedy that comes from that. I just honestly, I know we've moved beyond it. It's just odd not having Sandler and James back, yet the other guys are, and the one that sticks out is David Spade. Yeah. It seems weird. That's, I mean, I say weird, you know, I mean, Spade isn't doing too much lately. I know we had that late note. I know we had that late night show last year, which ran for a little while. And he's done a couple of Happy Madison movies on Netflix, but you don't see too much from him. So, okay, he's going to come back. They're going to offer it to him. He's going to come back. But it's weird having him there and not the others. And even Steve Buscemi. Like, you know, he's been an Happy Madison staple for a long time. I mean, I'm thinking Mr. Deeds, Big Daddy, and I know there's more. Like, he's been in a few of his films. No, like, it's weird. It is weird. It is so weird that Sandler isn't here and that there is no official statement from anybody, from Sony, from Sandler, from James. It's just, it's just a thing. And maybe we care about it way more than we should do. We yeah. care about it way more than anybody else does. I mean, this would have been theatrical. Instead, it went straight to streaming on Prime. And it's just a thing that was made. It was released and everybody's moved on. Yet here you and I are talking about it. I, you know who I feel sorry for? Poor old little Sadie Sandler. Um, has been replaced as Winnie, you know, that, that other the werewolf daughter who's now oh, voiced really? by Zoe oh. Berry. So, you know, oh, no, no Adam Sandler, no Sadie Sandler. Oh, no. <laughs> but look, it could it wow. could have just been maybe she <laughs> aged out of the role. Maybe she sounds... I mean, maybe. Oh, in fact, you know what? We've talked about the people that have come back. We've mentioned Mavis, Selena Gomez. You know, What's gonna... happened... What's happened for me in between 
Hotel Transylvania I think I've got the same yeah. experience. You do. All the murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Best TV show of 2021. Absolutely love it. She is excellent in that show as Mabel. And her delivery in Only Murders in the Building is the same delivery she gives as Mabel. And it's great. <laughs> like it is really, really good. And uh yeah, so it's yeah, so we're talking about Spade coming back, having Andy Sandberg and Selena Gomez come back. That is such strong connective tissue to those first three films. Yeah. And Barbara, I mean, they're essentially you know, like two of the, the main characters of, of this franchise. So it is great that we've got them. But like, like you, I have finally gone and actually watched um, Only Murders in the Building. And um, yeah, my appreciation of Selena Gomez has definitely gone up several notches since watching watching that you're right pretty good show great show. <laughs> Honestly, i i said didn't i when that show was first announced and it's like we've got martin short steve martin and to finish the trio selena gomez and i was like really and i'm thinking these guys they've had a comedy double acts They've gone on the road. They've worked together for a number of years, close friends. And I thought she would have stuck out like a sore thumb. And then you watch the show and it's like, wow, the three of them gel <laughs> so well together. But I, never even I thought she was like, going to be a weak chain and she absolutely isn't. Like watching, like I remember watching the, the previous, well, I guess I'd only watched the, the first two at the time. But I've never, I've never really thought of Selena Gomez's voice as being anything sort of like anything distinct or, you know, overly unique or anything. I mean, she's sounded like a girl. It's fine, all good. I mean, perfectly fine in the role. But like, it, it was different now. Like listening to it, I was like, oh, I can, I can hear Selena Gomez. I can, I can picture her, and there is a distinction to her voice. It's, it's a Absolutely. weird. It's, it's not, and it's all from watching that show <laughs> which yeah i mean it's like it's i guess almost that's the most sounds, time i spent with her ever <laughs> yeah i mean too. it's really weird because i was gonna say it sounds flat but that's not right that's not it it's there's it's maybe low i don't know there's something she just about has like her. a like a, almost like a dry yes kind of pitch to her voice i i, get, I don't know and but then you if, guys, if you're saying you okay, so Hotel Transylvania, she is going to be the daughter of Dracula, and this is how she's going to sound, and it really works. But then you watch all the murders in the building, and and she's doing the same thing there, but it works. And then I don't know these. It's probably I can't just her it. voice. It's probably it's absolutely a voice. It is not her actually doing voice. anything it's, special. It's how she is how she sounds, but there's just I don't know. It just it adds so much more to what she's saying, like the delivery. Hmm. Do you know what? Uh, one thing I, I really did like in this in this movie was um, yeah, there wasn't too much of it, but you, we never really saw the like the Mavis character and. Um, Erica sort of interacting too much in that third film. So we never really got that dynamic of, okay, how does Mavis really feel towards her, you know, sort of like a new mother type figure now married to her dad. 
in this movie, we get to see them sort of paired together and having those interactions. Again, there's not many of them, but there's enough to establish that it's like, hey, you know, they get on pretty good and Mavis has no issue with her. And if anything, she's quite fond of her and, and stuff like that, which is which was nice to see. I thought that was good. And, of course, Catherine Hahn back as Erica Van Helsing. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, Catherine Hahn. It's always going to be a good thing. But just quickly, though, I was curious, like, before what we knew her from, Selena Gomez, for five years, across 106 episodes, she was in a Disney Channel show, Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes, she was. Never seen it. I know it's on Disney Plus. I know of it. (laughs) But... um, Yeah, so she's been doing that, and then she did Host of Transylvania. She did Spring Breakers with James Franco. She popped up in various different places, and, yeah, then only murders in the building. And then, of course, this. And, yes, sorry, back to (laughs) Catherine Hahn. Yeah, who is always excellent. She's all right. She's all right. Yeah, good gag with, like, her... They're using her plane, and it's just like all these weapons to kill monsters. And she's like, "That's not me anymore." Like, you know. I mean, yeah, she. I mean, admittedly, she had a lot more to do in that third movie. I mean, it was her and Drac. Yeah, that was the focus point of that movie. He was in love with her. She was trying to kill him. Ha ha ha! That was essentially <laughs> the movie. Hilarious. Jim Gaffigan <laughs> as Professor Abraham Van Helsing. They've got less to do in this fourth movie. But they're still there, as you know. It's it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, we are here reviewing it now because it was available streaming. <laughs> if this was a theatrical release, well, if it was available, if it was going to be a theatrical release, like the, I think, whilst we were doing the podcast, the third one has come out, and that's it. And we never talked about covering the third movie. We didn't talk about covering the fourth movie until it got announced. It was going to be an Amazon Prime release. And it's a fine kids movie, but I feel like if you're looking at it as a franchise, and not just because, you know, Sandler and James aren't present, more so Sandler, if I'm honest, because Drac played a bigger part. It's, I think it had gone out on more of a high with the third one than it did with this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something. Do you know what? To, to get your take on it, do you want to, do you want to rate it or do you have some more points that you want to hit? No, I think I can just give a, I can just give an expanded rating, but, um, okay. but you go first and finish up, I guess your, your summary. Well, I was on the verge of saying it's lesser than the movies that came before it. I think it is It is fine. And do you know what? I went back and watched it a second time because I just didn't know. You know, sometimes you watch something and you know, you know how you feel, you know, you know good or bad. And I'm like, I, I just don't know whether I was too distracted by Sandler not being present. I went back and watched it again and... It hits basic beats. There's moments of humor, like Drax suddenly being depowered. But it's just, 
the best thing I can say about this film is that it's okay. It's an okay film. It's an okay film. The first three are better, the first two in particular. I had an okay time. I was able to watch it at home with my kids. I think they enjoyed it more than I did. I mean, if I'm honest, it's aimed more towards them. So that would mean the film's, I guess, working. (laughs) That's what they're going for, uh, entertaining the kids. But it was just, it was just okay. And and being okay, I'm going to come in at a 2.5. It's not quite a 2, it's a 2.5 out of 5. Yeah, look, it's um, it's it's a, it's a toughie. Like, there's just something about this. Like, I really was not that engaged throughout it. Again, like, there's there's little gags and stuff that you know kept me sort of chuckling along. Um, I don't know. There's a big dragon fight at the end, monster dragon thingy, which is cool, I guess. And like I said, like the nice moments between some some of the characters. I, I feel like just like the overall message of, you know, like be yourself and, you know, like we can embrace that. It's, you know, like the new, you know, embrace someone's true self and things will be all right. Like that's the message of the movie. It's I mean, it is. It's like it, it's yeah. not just who you are on the outside. It's who you are on the inside. Yeah, I mean, they I... do it twice with the marshmallow. It may look burnt and ruined on the outside, but you break it apart and you look inside and you'll find there's more to that person than what you first thought. There's a it, message. I like you know that. The, I like at, that it's this, this, it has something to say. At the end then, when, when, you know, Johnny has Drac in his hand, in his big dragon paws, it's like, I feel like all, Drac has this whole monologue and I feel like all he needed to say was like, you know what, Johnny? Like, like I love you. Like you're part of you are part of my family, um, and like you're like a son to me. I feel like that would have done. <laughs> I just feel like that's all it, it would have. But that's that's say. not. But that's not the character. Part of it is that Drac is blowing it, and the other characters are worried because yeah. he's saying the wrong thing still. But he actually was saying character. he was actually saying everything exactly right. So as an audience member, I'm sitting there being like. Yeah, this is what he needs to say. This is okay. Yeah, and all the characters are like, "Oh, we're doomed. We're dead." And I was like, "No, he's he said because they had that tender moment earlier. You guys don't know, but, but I know they don't. They don't know about the marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know <laughs> so about the marshmallow because I watched them have it watched. earlier. Well, yeah, like you yeah. said, it hits certain beats to a T, like paint by numbers. There's nothing really surprising here, except for when the jelly guy turned into a jelly. That was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back in the day when Disney would do sequels to their movies, but they would be straight to DVD? Yeah, because they were of lesser quality. This, they were cheaper. This feels like that. Not to that this extent. Feels... Not to that extent. No, no, no. And I get, but... and I've said, like, you know, the quality of film is there, although it doesn't look quite as good as those first three movies, but it does feel a little bit like an add-on. It's a last hurrah. They're not going to do any more. It's just going to be this. And then the 2D TV series, yeah. but it does feel there's, like it feels like an add-on. Overall, there's nothing revolutionary or like really. There's nothing new to this. Once you've seen the characters turn into human form, it's sort of like cool. 
that's the gag and then and then there's nothing really much to it then it's just a little adventure about trying to find the thing and then once they find the thing they can fix the thing that's it done <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like all right and then there's a message okay cool i'm gonna say i'm gonna give it a two out of five i wasn't overly thrilled it is what it is like it, it's like I said, it's it's okay but to me i'm like uh, it's it's probably i don't know there really wasn't much to it so i'm like but i'm like again that's it's a two for me i feel like kids and stuff probably have a great time you know it's probably doing yeah i mean foods. that's probably elevating it because i watched it with a wife and two kids and as a family watching this is a family movie it worked well in the room but i mean i could see that my kids were having a better time yeah. with it than i was and that's why it's really hard when we are reviewing a kid's movie but there's things to like you about say it. that but it's like you know like i again like like Late last year, I watched Encanto with just my wife. We're both adults. Completely loved it. Like, fell in love with that movie. Like, it, it, kids' movies don't know, need to just. We've said it before. Like, they don't need to cater just for kids. They can be a little bit more. Oh, they can be. But you, you're talking Pixar, and not every Pixar mm. film is great. But Pixar is always. I'm going to say outside of the Cars films, they're always doing something more. No, but I mean, look, there's heaps of kids' movies, you know, like Shrek, even like the Ice Age films are actually probably on the same trajectory as Hotel Transylvania. But, um, you know, Ice Age films, I don't know, the Lego movies, like, you know, there's, there's heaps out there that can be enjoyed. I mean, there is, and that's why I'm saying this film feels like an add-on. Yeah, this one isn't doing that. It isn't... Those it isn't... first... Hit two those. Hotel Transylvania films are very good, like very good films. Mm. And and this movie, I'm thinking, was wrapped, it was finished when Amazon picked it up. But it just it just feels like a lesser film. It, it just and seems like something like... that was whipped together, turned out. It's like just another instalment, but again, nothing, just nothing. Uh, nothing special there was no special to it and for i feel that, like I two out of five. <laughs> i feel like we should just stop the review because we just keep saying okay. how unspectacular it is and how ordinary it is and how well, it feels like one of those old disney sequels what i'll do is give you some spectacular and special trivia oh. to wrap us up now we already spoke about Steve Buscemi who voices Wayne the werewolf and he of course gets turned into a human as we said now when the when his wolf pups are looking for their dad who is obviously Wayne um, because Wayne wants to obviously like hide from them and you know he says his name is actually Walter now possibly this is possibly a nod to Hubie Halloween which is, of course, an Adam Sandler Netflix movie in which Steve Buscemi plays a man who thinks he's a werewolf and his character's name is Walter. I read that and I believe it to be true. At I least want I to, want it to be I true. I want it to be true. <laughs> because remember we watched Shivy Halloween and it was like, are the, are the characters, are the actors playing like 
the counterparts to their um hotel transylvania things and i think ah, a few yeah. of them i think a few of them did did line up not all of them of course but but we at least had steve buscemi as the werewolf guy sort of i did forget who be halloween early when we're talking about the steve buscemi films he's done with adam sandler yeah that's another example yeah like you said he's, he's been in a few i just thought it was really cool i was like uh, subtle i hope really hope that was a very <laughs> subtle nod to walter in um in who be halloween because that is awesome if it is it is awesome and i hope it's true but then you've not got the sandler connection but let's just let that be the last time that i mentioned the fact that adam sandler does not return as dracula in this film i mean even again even if he did i don't think it would have changed my rating so again i'm not actually deducting any points for that no fact. i mean do you know what is, that think- is that is a good point. Just to make that, that clear, so people I mean, don't get like, oh, you guys only hated it because Adam Sandler wasn't it. Not even. <laughs> Not even. I mean, I've said it did distract me because I was paying probably too much attention to whenever Drac was speaking, but it doesn't change the story. And again, the film has heart, but for the most part, very ordinary let's just stop shitting on this film shall we that's it that's it for our review of hotel transylvania transformania please go subscribe and download this podcast on soundcloud and apple podcasts and please leave us a review it helps listeners just like you find the podcast we are on social media you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram as that film stew podcast and we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Scream and be sure to check out our next review. It was going to be Home Team starring Kevin James, but will now in fact be Moonfall. Oh, I think I'm going to say Roland Emmerich film. I think I'm going to say instead of that Kevin James film, it will be a film starring Brad Abrell. And <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to review Moonfall. Moonfall, yes. I am excited for that film. It looks big and ridiculous. <laughs> it looks awful. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> awful in a good way. <laughs> awful in a good way, in the best way possible. That's not a moon. <laughs> What? <laughs> Isn't it aliens? That's the whole thing. The moon's not a moon. Oh, we got to say um Patrick Wilson, Harley Berry. It looks bonkers. All right. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.